Sagemont Church is a gathering of Christian believers in the southeast area of Houston, Texas. Today's message is from our senior pastor, Dr. John Morgan. Now for the morning. So welcome our guests that join us wherever you may be. We're going to be talking today about a priceless possession. We're going to be going to a book in the Bible that's my favorite book in the Old Testament. It is a book that I read from every single day, the book of Proverbs. There's 31 chapters, so it's very, real easy to know which one you're supposed to read on the 6th and, uh, or the 5th or whatever day of the month that it is. And I'm going to, to take you into the book for one thing today, and we'll be in the first chapter. And what is a priceless possession? What would, what, what would the preacher talk about that's just absolutely priceless? Well, you say salvation. Well, certainly, that is a priceless possession. But I'm going to talk to you about something else. <clears throat> I want you to carefully listen as I try to draw a parallel between the way the world thinks and the way God's children thinks and the difference in being intelligent or smart and being wise. There's a huge difference, huge difference. And Proverbs makes it very, very clear that there is a difference, but it also helps us, along with some other scriptures, to understand how that we can acquire wisdom, which is a priceless possession, and how it will affect us all of the days of our life. So, if you would join me in reading of the scripture, I'm going to read from just two places, very briefly, one verse from Proverbs chapter 1 and then from the in the New Testament the book of James chapter 1 listen and stand if you would out of respect to the reading of the scripture <clears throat> from the first chapter and the seventh verse of Proverbs the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instructions. Now over to the book of James, the first chapter and the fifth verse. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. May God bless the reading of his word, and would you be seated. The book of Proverbs is written by Solomon and some others, most by Solomon. And it is a collection of thoughts that pertain to many subjects for instance it talks about piety it talks about liberality it talks about domestic faithfulness it talks about business relationships it deals with relevant subjects like eating and drinking and lying and immorality and laziness and keeping bad company choosing wrong friends I mean, it really gets down there where we live. It was written about the 10th century. Now, Solomon was, was one who's accredited with 3,000 Proverbs. 
that, that he gave, one-liners, many of them, very quick thoughts. When you come to the Financial Freedom Seminar, I'm going to give you several real quick one-liners that will help you if you can memorize them, and they're real simple to memorize, but if you'll memorize them, they will affect you as you handle finances every day of your life. But these, this book that was written about the 10th century, with Solomon being the chief author, lays before us some things that the wisest of man, Solomon, who is credited by many to be the wisest of men, he's credited with those, and he says, these are the secrets of wisdom. These are the secrets of how to live a life that is far different from most anybody that you know unless that person knows the one, the, the Lord God, as you do, and has also committed themselves to the fact that God's ways are higher than man's ways. <clears throat> we hear the Christmas story, and one of the things that we come up real quick is the wise man, right? <clears throat> the three wise men. <clears throat> well, if you go to the scripture, it doesn't talk about three wise men. It just talks about the wise men. It talks about three gifts. It doesn't say there's three wise men. It says three gifts. I guess the reason it got transposed is that, that whoever was kind of writing stories about the Christmas story decided, well, there couldn't have been more than three of them because I had met maybe more than one my whole lifetime. So if there's three in the whole world, that'd be a lot. So, because there's not a lot of wise people. There's a lot of intelligent people. There's a lot of smart people. There's a lot of educated people. But there's a big difference between being wise and being educated or smart or high on the IQ list. When you look very carefully, you think about smart and intelligence and education, I guess the opposite of that is ignorance. If you talk about being wise and wisdom, I, I think the opposite of that is being foolish and being a fool. For instance, Scripture says, A fool says in his heart there is no God. Now today as I'm talking to you, I just want to illustrate to you before I get into the real meat of this sermon. <clears throat> I want you to take today's news. Today the smartest people in the world with the finest equipment that the mind of man could ever put together is searching for a jumbo jet that went down somewhere on this planet. And they don't have a clue where it is. They're smart, they're intelligent, but let me tell you about a wise God. He says a hair doesn't fall out of your head, that he doesn't count, and that when a sparrow falls to the ground, he knows exactly where that sparrow is. If we want to find that plane, the best thing we do is for God's people to ask God, who is all-wise and knows where it is, to reveal to them from above where it is with the wind currents or the water currents or whatever it might be because they don't have a clue. But they're smart. They, drop, they graduated top of their class, but they don't have wisdom. Wisdom comes from God. None of us are smart enough to pick our mates. We want what we want instead of what we need. And too many, too many people marry people just like them. And that's the biggest mistake you'll ever make in your life. If both of you like to talk, who's going to listen? 
if both of you like to spend money and nobody likes to make money, how's that going to work out, you know? But wisdom is something that is a great possession, and it comes from God. You don't have to go four years. Let me tell you what intelligence will do if you're not careful. If you're, if you're real smart and you want to be smarter, but you don't have any wisdom, you go off to college. You create because you don't know that wise people work, but smart people go off to college and expect somebody else to pay for their bills. And the family won't pay for them, then they want the government to pay for them. And so they graduate with an $85,000 debt, marry a guy or marry the opposite sex with a $85,000 debt. So, you know, happy marriage. It's your first anniversary. You owe $170,000. And neither one of you have a job. That's not very smart. Before you ever prepare and study to work, you need to work and see if you like to work. Because you might just want to be a beach bum somewhere, you know, just go somewhere and just lay back on the beach and drink pineapple juice. <laughs> but our wisdom is very small. But our intelligent people seem to be everywhere. Some people would rather be smart than be wise. <clears throat> I'm just going to act like I'm smart, and I'm going to talk like I'm smart, and I'm going to tell you why I believe whatever that uh, I believe that's contrary to the wisdom of God. But when it's all over with, you're wondering, I hope I look good in that deal, because I, I really don't know. I just gave my educated opinion of what I thought and what the professors taught me, but there's no wisdom there. A, a carnal mind... Regardless of how high it, it rates on the intelligence charts, an intelligent, carnal mind is never in agreement with the will and wisdom of God. Man's ways, I mean God's ways, are so much higher than man's ways. And because of our sinful nature, that sin that is in us keeps us focused on a certain area of looking for answers, but we never humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God who, who in due time, he says, I will exalt you. But I have to humble. You have to humble yourself. You have to admit that my ways are higher than your ways. And most people will not do that. But let me tell you some good news. When you invite Jesus into your heart, you get the whole deal. You don't, either, you don't only get Jesus as your Savior, you get God as your Father. All power is given to him in heaven and earth. You get the Holy Spirit as your comforter. That comforter will also guide you into all truth. The truth about that business deal you're about to make. That truth about that thing you're fixing to buy. That truth about where you're fixing to throw your money away to. You're going to see the truth, and the truth is going to set you free. But it doesn't come through intelligence. It comes through the wisdom of God, where you get quiet and know that he is God. And in a still, small voice, he begins to lead and as he leads, you follow. Sin no longer has dominance over that person that gives their heart to Christ. Listen to 1 John 4, 4. You are of God, little children, and you've overcome them. You've overcome them because he, that's us, who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. It comes with a deal. Some of the most humble human beings that you've ever met are some of the wisest that you've ever met. And they would tell you in a heartbeat, 
that their wisdom comes from God. That if it is the right decision that I have led you to make because I felt like it was the right one, to God be the glory because he's the one that put it upon my heart. <clears throat> Intellectualism is derived by hard work. But wisdom is not achieved by discipline. Wisdom is achieved by humility. Wisdom comes, <clears throat> excuse me, from God, but it will tell you, if you need an education, to study to show yourself approved unto God. Workmen that need not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But the first comes the wisdom, and the wisdom will lead you into all truth. And in the process, certainly you'll want to study to show yourself approved. Certainly you'll want to, to do everything you can to discipline yourself to the knowledge that's available with a full understanding that it may have to be some discernment in this, though, as to what is truth and what isn't truth. James 1, 5, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given unto him. To be wise, let me conclude my thought, is to seek God while he may be found, to call upon him while he's near, to put those evil thoughts away and just say, Lord, I want to follow you. There are those who seek God at time for wrong reasons. They do it out of their lust. They do it out of their greed. They don't realize, we don't realize as sinners, that we're spiritually and morally bankrupt. And it's very easy to hear about a God that owns everything and it all belongs to his kids. I want to be one of them kids. Sign me down. Call the lawyer and tell him I'm one of them. I got baptized when I was six years old in the No Hope Church in southern Arkansas, wherever you were. <laughs> I sure want to get in when they read that will out. I know that because I know that I want a part of it. That's, that's rank stupidity. <laughs> you don't understand. But many people, many people, many people have said I'm a follower of Jesus because they don't want to spend eternity separated from God in a place the Bible calls hell. End of story. It has nothing to do with serving the Lord. It has nothing to do with, with honoring the Lord with the first fruits of your income. Nothing at all. It has to do with trying to manipulate. Intelligent people try to outsmart you. You know, they go and play the poker game because I'm smarter than you and I know how to play this game and I'm going to rip you off. But God's not in a poker game. He's king of kings and he's lord of lords. And he wants to manifest himself to a world that is a doubting world, but he wants to do it in a way that the people will clearly become confused. How in the world could you do that? <clears throat> I had a call this past week from another state. A pastor had picked up on the Sagemont story, and I'd never met this man in my whole life. He said, a man gave me some tapes some CDs of uh, the Sagemont stories that I've just finished listening to him. And he said, now you are the pastor, is that right? And I said, yes, I am. He said, would you please tell me? He said, I'm a preacher and a pastor too. But how in the world did Sagemont Church operate debt-free? How does it not pass an offering plate? And how, how is it able to 
provide such wonderful facilities? It's a preacher. And I said, I don't know. I said, all, I, all we know is that we're a child of the king. And all we know is that God owns everything. And all we know is that he said if we'll use it for his glory, he will flow it through us. And it didn't come from rich people. It came from a rich God who poured it through those that are rich in the grace of God and have the generosity of God and know the purpose for which God's church exists. But that's wisdom. It's not being smart. It's sometimes when we <clears throat> come into contact with spiritual re reality, we realize something's lacking in our life. When we can't figure it out, when we want to see it on paper, explain it to me. How do you do that? What were the ten steps that you did? There are those who seek God for wrong motives. You don't buy wisdom. <clears throat> you don't create wisdom. Wisdom comes from God. Wisdom, if you've got it, you got it from God. He's the all-wise, all-sufficient King of kings and Lord of lords. I think it's interesting. <clears throat> this is just a side thought, but in my study, I, I was reading many chapters of the Proverbs, and I came across this. This is kind of out of context of what I'm talking about to you, but here's what Solomon said about the nations, the nations. Listen to this. First chapter, 29th verse. Because they hated knowledge, and they did not choose the fear of the Lord, they would have none of my counsel. They despised my every rebuke. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be filled to the full with their own fancies. For the turning away from the simple or the obvious will slay them. And the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear. That's God's word to a nation. Where people come together and they begin to talk about how to lift up people instead of exalt God. Mission work is to be done not to lift up people, but to exalt God. And when God is exalted and they become children of God, then God begins to provide their needs, and then good things need to happen. So as we always go on the mission field, we have in the back of our mind that, yes, people are here today, but they must hear the gospel while we're here because if they don't hear about Jesus, when we go home, the supply goes home. But when God shows up, he takes good care of his kids. And that's just a biblical fact. John 20, 21 says, Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father has sent me, even so send I you. Everywhere Jesus went, he would make the lame to walk, the deaf to hear. He would reach out and feed the poor. He would touch the lady with the, with the blood disease. But he didn't stop there. When he talked to the woman at the well, he gave her some counsel, but he dealt with her spiritually. The woman caught in adultery. Always, 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 I came to do the will of my Father. And the will of the Father was to exalt the Son. If he be lifted up, 
the world would be drawn unto him. So wherever Jesus went, he tried to let people know, I've come to seek and to save those which are lost. I have come to die on a cross so people could be saved. While I am here, I want to remind you, God is an awesome God. He loves you. He cares for you. He'll provide for you. But it doesn't stop there. The physical needs of man are not the dominant need. The main need of man is to be born again. The main need of man is for God to live him, in him and give him wisdom. Then he would see the truth of what is going on <clears throat> around him. <clears throat> he would understand because God, mind, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. That's wisdom. That scripture says. And then when you look out, you will see people as they are and the problem is never the problem that you're going to see in the financial seminar the problem is never the problem the problem is lack of wisdom who in the world would pay 26 percent interest in a half a percent prime rate society christians that don't know the bible that's one just minimum payment every month you know but when god comes to live in you you begin to see things as they really are because your education or lack thereof has been, has been uh, replaced by the wisdom that comes only from the Father, through the Son, through the Holy Spirit that lives in our life. And the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit together make us who we are in Christ Jesus. Our greatest day has come when we recognize not the wisdom of man, but the wisdom of God. At our church, we've seen over and over again the story I referred to you a while ago, and I hear it so often, I'm just absolutely embarrassed when I hear it because like the preacher calling me and he wants me to tell him what to do and how to do it. Um, I, I just want to go on the record that what God has let this church see is not because of, of the wisdom of the pastor, nor the wisdom of the deacons, nor the wisdom of the people. It all came because of the wisdom of God that, that had a staff that would listen to God, a group of deacons that would listen to God, a group of church leaders that would listen to God, and a church that unanimously voted to get this church out of debt in 1975 before prime rate went to 20%. Not one person had a clue that prime rate was going to go to 20%, but there was a God in heaven that said, you follow me and I'll set you free. But when I set you free, you better do what I set you free to do. See, when God saves you and calls you out, you need to find out why. Well, I promise you, he didn't call you out to sit on the premises. He called you out to stand on the promises. As I told you a moment ago, people who fill this campus every week, first time. I don't know how many people I met today. I'm going to say 20. First time, people here today, just in the hallways, just going up to them and speaking to them the first time. Every background they're coming from, we have five minutes from the time they land on this campus. You hear Wade as he is so well planned and passionately pleading for our VIP team to be in place. And we want to start next week. We're still some short, especially of the young people. We need young people out there welcoming folks in. Don't just run in and grab you a seat. We got five minutes. They hadn't heard the preacher. They hadn't heard the singing. They haven't heard our sound system. They hadn't sat in those comfortable seats. They hadn't been to Bucky's bathrooms. I mean, you know, they just, they just out there. <laughs> and we need somebody to meet them out there. 
and bring them to Jesus. And when they bring them in that door, then we come in, that we don't let them down, that they sense the love of God, that it matters not what their past was, it's what their future is if they'll come to the Lord Jesus. We often call wisdom, what, what we often call wisdom is foolishness to God. 1 Corinthians 3.19, listen to this. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. Pretty strong, isn't it? God says our best thought doesn't even come up to the shallowest thought he ever had. It's really hard to comprehend that. That just eats my pride up. Isn't it yours? But it's true. It's true. A wise man will hear and will increase with learning. And a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsel. Proverbs 1.5 A wise man will listen to God, study his word. A wise man will seek godly counsel. I'll tell you tonight, whatever you do, if you're not going to come tonight, your insurance person, your banker, are they a Christian? Your financial planner, are they a Christian? If they're not a Christian, how can they handle God's money? See, simple stuff, folks. It's not, big, it's not mega science, but that's the way it is. God's looking for a people whose heart is perfect toward him, that comes only to him, and if he contradicts everything that is being said, the person goes with God. If you, if you desire to be wise, you've got to stop where you are and turn around. Proverbs 1, 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Now, as I close, I want to give you two things real quick, and I'll be real brief in this. I got one word of instruction from the Proverbs for the young folks, and you draw the line. Okay, I don't know what, that, I don't know what young is, but uh, whatever it is. Just jump into one of these groups, all right? I'm going to give you one word of counsel. This is for the young people. That is to respect the instructions of your parents. Listen to Proverbs 1.8. My son, hear the instruction of your father and forsake not the law or the word of your mother. The biggest problem, young people, you will ever face, and I do not care who your parents are, God chose your parents. For whatever reason, we'll get it explained in heaven. Mine are too strict. You may find out what God knew about your personality that needed some strict leadership. My parents must have been like that. My father must have been like that, you know. He loved that scripture, spoil the rod. I mean, spare the rod, spoil the child. I think that was his favorite scripture until I got to about 15 years old. Let me tell you, young people, listen to me. When you make a decision to not... Submit to the authority of your parents. You've made a decision that's going to keep you from being in the will of God. God has chosen parents. He gave every one of us a daddy. Daddy, stay home. Don't run off and leave the kids. He gave every one of us a mother because we needed both of them. They are made totally different. That's another class. Let Dixon Murray teach that one, all right? Or talk to Stuart. They're the psychologist or whatever. But here's the deal. God wants you to obey your parents. End of story. Honor your father and your mother, and your days will be full and long upon the face of the earth. 
I watch children that have an opportunity to change the world run away from home like the prodigal son. One day, he came to himself. One day, you'll come to yourself. But it just might be too late. It might be too late. To the old people, you draw the line. Quit following the crowd. Real simple, quit following the crowd. If whatever subject you want, if, if everybody likes what you want, like, everybody does what you does, everybody watches what you watch, everybody goes where you go, everybody spends their money like you spend your money, mark it down. You're not in the will of God. The Bible says, narrow is the way that leads to eternal life, and few there are that find it. Quit following the crowd. Listen to what it says here. Proverbs 1.10. My son, if sinners entice you, consent not. If they say, come with us, let us lay wait for blood. Let us lurk secretly for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them up alive as the grave and whole as those that go down into the pit. We shall find all precious substance. We'll fill our houses with spoil. Cast your lot among us. Let us all have one purse. My son, walk not in the way with them. Refrain your foot from their path. I can guarantee you redistribution of wealth. You redistribute the wealth of any group, and in five years, it'll be right back in the same hands. I don't care how much money a person makes that is in this world. They're going to waste it. They're going to throw it away because they do not have any wisdom. And for us to get out with a crowd, if everybody's doing it, broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many go there in. Now, you've got to have discretion. I mentioned a while ago. Do you have it? Where are you going to get it? If God says it, that's settled. That's a good discretionary thing. If Proverbs speaks to all of those subjects a while ago, then if God's word deals with those, and there's so much in Proverbs about finances. For instance, it tells you seven times to not co-sign a note. Seven times. It says don't do it. You know many, many people that have gone bankrupt because they co-signed a note. If they'd have been wise, they wouldn't have co-signed a note. Proverbs 2.11, discretion shall preserve you. <laughs> I like that one. Discretion shall preserve you. Understanding will keep you. Just kind of lets you sleep good at night. I know that while I'm asleep, God is awake. <clears throat> I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow. I don't know what the stock market's going to do, price of gold, price of silver, bonds, interest rates. I don't have a clue. But I do know who holds tomorrow. And I do know he holds my hand. I went about this far to reach out, and he reached down out of heaven and grabbed me. And he says, no one will ever pluck you out of my hand. If you like wisdom, John, Joe, Sally, Mary, Linda, Kim, ask of God. And he will give it to you. Think about all the foolish things you do. In any area of your life, I've got some. I deal with them all the time. I do pretty good for about three months, and I get under conviction before I ever teach this seminar. You'll see that tonight. I'll, I'll confess some sins to you tonight. Of oh, the pastor, when I don't start thinking right, when I don't start thinking right, God doesn't show up. When we start thinking right, because his ways are higher, God always shows up. So... 
Get your Bible. Read it. Proverbs 2, 1 to 6. In fact, let me just, I'm going to close by just reading you this scripture. I'm not going to say a word except read the scripture. Listen to this very carefully. And I'm through and we're going to stand and sing one verse of a song. In Proverbs chapter 2, six verses. Listen to this, verse 1. My children, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with you, so that you incline your ear unto wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Yea, if you cry after knowledge and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord. And listen to this, and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord giveth wisdom. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. And then in the fourth chapter, three verses. Six, let me just read six through nine. Verse six, chapter four, forsake wisdom not. Wisdom will preserve you. Love wisdom. Love, wisdom will keep you. Wisdom is a principal thing, therefore get wisdom. And with all you're getting, get understanding. Exalt wisdom, and wisdom shall promote you. She will bring you to honor when you embrace wisdom. Would you do that today? Would you make a wise decision like for me and, like as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord? Would you make a wise decision today and say, you know, I'm going to quit listening to what everybody's telling me, and I'm going to find me a prayer place, a quiet place. You know, there's two kinds of worship. We all worship together, and we all have different needs, and we all have different tastes. There's no way you can get a group. You know, they say when you get two church members together, there's three opinions. But there's no way that we can get together in corporate worship for the more important thing, and that's private worship. The Bible tells you to find a quiet place, get alone with God, be still and know that he's God. Take this book, read it. Shut out everything else and say, Speak, Lord, thy servant heareth. I need to know wisdom on this. Do I go to college? Do I not go to college? Do I take that job? Do I not take that job? Do I leave my mate or do I stay at home with my children and my mate? All of those questions, just ask him. He said, you ask me, I'm going to tell you. But if you're not going to do it, he's not going to even tell you. You say, well, I did that one time. He didn't answer me. Oh, yes, he did. He knew you wouldn't do anything about it. He didn't waste his time. If you want God will and you're alive, just let him know, Lord, end of discussion. When you says it, that settles it. I'm out of here. But now, Lord, don't you forget that one part. You said you would never leave me, nor will you forsake me. And when I see the big enemy coming, I'm going to run hide behind you. I hope you have that big white robe on. Just hold it out like that because I'm getting behind it. And you deal with it. He can handle it. Just trust me. He can handle it. I've read the end of the book. We win. Amen? We win. Our Father wins and we get to inherit it and what a day glorious day that will be so the next time we sing what a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since jesus came into my heart you just remember 
that the old things are no longer there. Things I'd looked for all my life, I found them. I'll never be the same since Jesus came into my heart. Get all of it. Get wisdom. You got forgiveness. Your sins have been paid for. You've been washed in the blood, but you're still alive. Don't go out like a fool. Go out with wisdom, and God will give it to you. And we're going to stand in just a moment and sing one verse of only trust him. We open our connection center. For you that are first-time guests, under that beautiful terrace back there where so many are sitting, I, I want to try to point it out to you. You go out this door, step out the second door. Those, there are double doors. Go through the second set of double doors. Turn immediately to the left. Go out this set of doors. Turn immediately to the right. There'll be there people to talk with you, pray with you, help you. If you say, I just don't really know how to pray, they'll real quickly. Just give you some pointers. This is the way you do it. Maybe you're looking for some help in God's Word. These people know the Word of God. But maybe what you're looking for today is a Savior. He says, whoever comes unto me, I will know why cast out. So the Savior's waiting. Our connection team will be waiting. And you can go there as soon as we stand. If you're not going there, please do not disturb those that are this close to having a brand new life. Just remain seated for another 60 seconds and we'll be all on our way. Let's stand together. We pray that today's message has brought you to a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. Join us Sundays at 9.30 and 11 a.m. at Sagemont Church in the Worship Auditorium. For more information, check us out at www.sagemontchurch.org.